Welcome to The Cauldron, a podcast hosted by Ed Bolton Greer, the creator of Ravensvale. In each episode, Ed will have free-flowing conversations about horror, life, culture, and personal growth. Expect to hear from storytellers, authors, horror experts, life gurus, thought leaders, and influencers. The Cauldron is a place where concoctions of a lot of ideas are brewed down to potions that are sometimes important and useful, sometimes eccentric and bizarre, but always just what you need. The Cauldron podcast may contain explicit language and thematic elements not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Well, hey there, family. Welcome back to another episode of the Ravensville Cauldron. I'm your host, Ed Bolden Greer, and well, my co-host, Jacob Garner, a.k.a. Freddy Cat, has left the building. Jacob is off living his best life on a cruise ship sailing around the Bahamas somewhere for a much-needed vacation. But rest assured, he'll be back next week as we begin our mini-series about a dark and tragic chapter in human history we refer to as the witch hunts. Today, we're diving into the chilling depths of horror literature. I thought I would share with you all my top 10 favorite novels of all time. These are the books that have haunted my dreams, chilled my spine, and sometimes made me question my sanity. Honestly, the reason we chose this topic is because being the super horror nerd I am, when I'm out at cons and expos, and even on social media, I often get asked about books that I recommend, so we thought it might be nice to do a podcast about them. I'm working on a more in-depth look at each book in a special series on my blog at edbolden.com. Before we begin, I want to warn you that I'm going to be pretty vague in my descriptions, offering more of my opinion than fact about the storylines or plots. I'll do my best to avoid spoilers, because I want you guys to enjoy these books. So here's my top 10 favorite horror novels of all time. My all-time favorite book so far has to be Drawing Blood. Drawing Blood is a 1993 horror novel by American author Poppy Zebrot. The story revolves around Trevor McGee, a comic book artist who is the sole survivor of a family murder-suicide, and Zachary Bosch, a bisexual hacker. Both characters find themselves living in McGee's old family home in Missing Mile, North Carolina. The electrifying narrative explores their experience within this haunted setting, revealing a society divided by those with occult potential and lay citizens. I love this book because of its well-developed characters and biting humor. It has a deep human insight, and it has a unique perspective. I have friends who loved the book, but were put out because they thought the overly detailed descriptions that Bright creates dimmed the writing. To me, the more detail, the better. Just so there's no confusion, if you go looking for this book and a couple others on my list from the same author, you may find the name William Joseph Martin. That's the chosen name for Poppy Zebrot, who in the late 90s transitioned, and now he lives in New Orleans. As we go through the list, I'm sure you'll find a trend that many of the novels on this list take place in the South. Book two on the list is Anne Rice's 1976 gothic horror and vampire novel, Interview with a Vampire. The story centers on the vampire Louis, who narrates his life story to a reporter. The narrative begins in 1791 in Louisiana, where Louis, a young plantation owner, is turned into a vampire by Lestat. 
The story explores Louis's moral struggle with his vampire nature and his complex relationship with Lestat. The complicated addition of Claudia, a child turned into a vampire by Lestat, deepens the horror. To me, the novel is a horror nerd staple. Its rich detail and the way it explores the human condition and human morality definitely places it second on my list. Number three is Salem's Lot. It's a 1975 novel by renowned author Stephen King. The story follows Ben Mears, a writer who returns to his childhood town of Jerusalem's Lot, Maine, only to discover the residents are becoming vampires. The narrative explores Mears' struggle with this horrifying reality, his experience with the town in general, and his interactions with the other characters throughout the book. With its chilling atmosphere and King's unique take on the vampire genre, in my humble opinion, it's one of the best books Stephen King has written. I will say I didn't read this book until after I watched the 1979 miniseries based on the book. It was actually this book that led me to becoming a Stephen King fan. A full-length movie is currently in post-production, but Warner Brothers plans to send the film directly to Max this year. I can't wait. Number four is another book I didn't take the time to read until after watching the movie. The Amityville Horror by Jay Anson is a chilling horror novel that has captivated readers since its publication in 1977. People love a good haunted house story. The book is based on the alleged experience of the Lutz family, who moved into the house in Amityville, New York, where in 1951, Ronald Defoe Jr. shot and killed six members of his family in a gruesome mass murder. Anson's vivid storytelling style and ability to blur the lines between reality and the supernatural, along with his suspenseful narrative, made me feel like I was experiencing the terror alongside the Lutz family. As a side note, there's been a lot of controversy over the book's truthfulness. Anson bought the rights to the Lutz story and acknowledged that he added to and adapted some of the Lutz story to make it more exciting and readable. Regardless of the controversy, I thoroughly enjoyed it. This month is Black History Month, and we're taking a moment to honor the strength, resilience, and achievement of Black women throughout history. Women who have broken barriers, shattered stereotypes, and paved the way for future generations. From Rosa Parks, whose act of defiance sparked the Montgomery bus boycott, a pivotal event in the civil rights movement, to Kamala Harris, the first woman and first African-American to ever hold the office of Vice President of the United States. We celebrate the contributions of women like Katherine Johnson, a mathematician whose calculations were instrumental in the success of NASA's Apollo missions, and we recognize the impact of women like Michelle Obama, the first African-American First Lady of the United States who continues to inspire with her advocacy for education and healthy living. These women and countless others have left indelible marks on our society, culture, and history. Their stories remind us of the power of perseverance, courage, and conviction. So this month, we invite you to join us in celebrating Black History Month. Let's take this opportunity to learn reflect, and be inspired by these incredible women who have helped shape our world. Number five is a book that I read before watching the movie. The Omen is a 1976 book novelized from the movie based on a screenplay by screenwriter David Seltzer. Yeah, let's clarify that. It was first 
a movie based on a screenplay, and then it was made into a book. Now, the book was Amplified. The story follows Robert Thorne, an American ambassador in Italy, who secretly adopts a newborn named Damien to replace his own child, whom he was told was stillborn. As Damien grows, a series of mysterious events and violent deaths occur around the family, leading them to discover that Damien is, in fact, the prophesied Antichrist. I appreciated the omen for its stark terror and the constant feeling of mounting evil. It was an easy and fast-paced read, and I loved the terrifying ending. Many people say the book doesn't add much to the plot that the movie established, but I think it does a great job of expanding on specific scenes and helping drive the plot. Number six is another Poppy Zebrat novel called Lost Souls that came out in 1992. Being from the South and growing up during the time frame referenced in the book, I found this book to be quite nostalgic. I absolutely loved this story because of its evocative atmosphere and the unique blend of youthful alienation. Of course, if you haven't figured it out already, I am obsessed with Southern Gothic horror. The story follows a young man named Nothing, who discovers his vampiric heritage and sets out to find his biological father, Zila, a charismatic and dangerous vampire. Along the way, he encounters a musical duo called Lost Souls. The narrative is filled with shocking twists and turns, making it a gripping read for horror enthusiasts. The novel is a profound and philosophical exploration of life, death, responsibility, and morality. Trigger warning, it is a bloodfest. This book is known for its graphic, intense, and sexual portrayal of a world filled with despair, drugs, sex, and of course, blood. The seventh book on the list is another Poppy Zebright book. Before I dive into this one, I know it may not be for everyone, even hardened horror lovers. The book contains necrophilia, cannibalism, and extreme sadomasochism. But Exquisite Corpse certainly made my list despite those things. It's a unique blend of horror, gore, and queerness that I consider a compelling read for all of those who like to wade into the deep waters that make up the mind of a serial killer. The story centers around Andrew Compton, an English convicted homosexual serial killer, cannibal, and necrophiliac. After faking his death to escape from prison, Compton moves to the French Quarter in New Orleans to start anew. There, he meets Jay Brine, a wealthy recluse who is also a serial killer and a cannibal. The two form a deadly partnership, setting their sights on a young Vietnamese-American runaway named Tran. It's a gruesome love story that explores the sordid politics of victimhood and disease. Trigger warning. The content of this book contains topics including sexual assault and sexual violence. Please proceed cautiously if you feel the content could be triggering or upsetting. My eighth book was written by an author people should definitely keep an eye on. Elias Withrow. I believe Elias Withrow is headed for notoriety as one of America's great horror writers. The Black Farm is a chilling novel that explores the aftermath of a tragic decision. The story follows Nick and Jess, a couple who, after the loss of their child and a series of agonizing misfortunes, decide to end their lives together. However, death isn't the gentle darkness they expected. 
I've told so many people about this book and praised it for its unique take on purgatory and the afterlife. It's filled with human carnage, evil, and conceit. As a horror enthusiast, I find its immersive narrative filled with shocking twists and turns makes it a gripping read. It is somewhat graphic in its description of certain things, including sexual assault and sexual violence, so I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. The ninth book on my list is The Woman in Black by Susan Hill. Again, I must admit that I watched the movie by the same name starring Daniel Radcliffe before I ever knew this book existed. It was because of Mr. Radcliffe's talent that I discovered the book and read it on a cold Sunday in February 2012. Remembering back with the help of my journals and and Facebook, I recall seeing the movie on Friday, buying the book on Saturday, and reading it on Sunday while the rest of the world was watching the Giants beat the Patriots in Super Bowl XLVI. Susan Hill creates a sinister, atmospheric ghost story in this modern gothic horror. This first-person account tells the story of author Kip, a young lawyer sent to a remote village to sort out the affairs of a deceased client. Kip soon discovers that the area is haunted by the ghost of a woman in black, who is the source of a terrible curse that causes the death of children. The Woman in Black is a stunning ghost story and a psychological thriller exploring themes such as loss, grief, guilt, and revenge. Hill does a masterful job of immersing the reader in the gloomy landscapes of the English countryside while evoking a sense of dread and mystery. If you're looking for a book that will scare, thrill, and move you, I highly recommend The Woman in Black by Susan Hill. It is a book that will stay with you long after you've finished reading it, making you appreciate the art and craft of gothic horror. And the last book on the list. It is probably evident that I love a good ghost story. But I must admit that very few of them really scare me. They might make me jumpy or feel uneasy, but rarely leave a lasting impression. That is until I read The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson, a classic ghost story published in 1959. For once, I read this story before I saw the movie. This book has been made into two movies, a play, and a miniseries for Netflix. It's an absolute masterpiece of haunted house horror and easily my number one favorite ghost story. It's a tale of four people invited to stay at Hill House, a mysterious and allegedly haunted mansion by a paranormal researcher who wants to study its paranormal phenomena. The four guests soon experience strange noises, cold spots, moving furniture, and other eerie events that test their sanity and relationships. The novel is a masterful blend of psychological horror and a gothic atmosphere with a twisted ending that will leave you breathless. It's not a typical haunted house story where the ghosts are visible and the scares are obvious. The book is not only a horror story, but it's also a character study as it delves into the personalities and motivations of the four guests. Each has a reason for coming to Hill House and their own sets of secrets and fears. The book also explores the theme of isolation, loneliness, identity, and belonging as the guests struggle to find their place in the world and in the house. This book will change your perspective on fear and make you wonder what is real and what is not. I highly recommend it. So there you have it. I'm Ed Bolden Greer, and those are my top 10 favorite horror novels of all times. Each has given me hours of enjoyment and sleepless nights and made me look under the bed and in the closet more than once. I hope you'll check out some of these books if you haven't already, and let me know what you think about them. 
I'd love to hear about your favorite horror novels, so feel free to share them with me on our social media channels. I'm always excited to hear from you and love a good recommendation. I'm currently reading the Amber Manier, The Shadow of the Monolith, a dark fantasy novel by author Jonathan N. Pruitt, and I have to say I'm thoroughly enjoying the experience. I'm utterly connected to the characters, and I love the storyline. Well, family, that's it for this episode of the Ravensville Cauldron. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you like what you heard, make sure you join us for our next episode of the Ravensville Cauldron, when Jacob and I will begin our two-part series that takes a deep dive into the dark and tragic chapter of human history referred to as the witch hunts. When individuals accused of practicing witchcraft were persecuted, tortured, and often killed. I also wanted to remind you that Small Raven Media, the production company for the Ravensville Cauldron, has announced the dates and location of this year's Appalachian Horror Fest. Appalachian Horror Fest 2024 will take place on Saturday, October 12th at Central Cinema in Knoxville, Tennessee. If you're interested in participating in Appalachian Horror Fest as a storyteller, musician, or volunteer, you can go on over to AppalachianHorrorFest.com and check everything out. Now, family, you adults have a few chores to do. Go on over to Ravensvale.com and see about helping the family out on social media. Follow us on all the social media platforms that we've made available just for you folks. Listen, like, subscribe, and follow wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you don't mind, leave us a good rating and a kind comment. You can find the Ravensville Cauldron podcast on your favorite podcast platform. If you haven't already, search for the Ravensville Cauldron podcast. And again, make sure you hit the follow button to stay up to date on our latest episodes. Oh, and tell all your friends about us, won't you? So until next time, family, see you soon. The Cauldron is a production of Small Raven Media. Today's episode was hosted by Ed Bolden-Greer. Audio engineering and sound design by Nick Devan at Nicky D Sound. Copyrighted 2024, Small Raven Media. All rights reserved.